0: Hey Craig!
1: Hey Jeff, this is our mega episode. I hope everyone's ready for it. Uh, This is Podcast Versus Everyone episode. We got a lot to squeeze in. Yeah, we got a lot to squeeze in for episode one forty-seven. I'm Craig Powers. With me, as always, is Jeff Newser. Jeff, we got a a football game to recap, a football game to preview. We got men's basketball to talk about. We got women's basketball to talk about. We got, of course, our premier program soccer to talk about we got our other premier program volleyball to talk about we got a lot going on so
0: oh and you you asked for listener questions too
1: and i asked for listener questions i don't know what the hell you were thinking uh, i don't know i like answering listener (laughs) questions and y'all delivered some so it's good ones so um let's let's just get right down into it you and me watching that Oregon game together mm. on Saturday. Your kids yeah. hearing some salty language from me. <laughs> Craig. <laughs> me getting scolded many times with just like in that. Your own,
0: in your own living room.
1: <laughs> in my own living room.
0: <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah, I, I swear I taught right. my kids to be more polite than that and, and, and more gracious guests, but uh, not on Saturday, apparently.
1: But man it could it, it almost started as perfectly as a game could start and then suddenly became as d- devastating as a game could start. Like, yeah. It's like yeah. Uh yeah, that 70-yard pass play to Calvin Jackson, perfect throw, perfect run. They had him cut up and he just looks back at the defense for some reason when he didn't need to. And yeah. <laughs> and lost where he was on the field and stepped out of bounds because they weren't going to catch him. Um, yeah. He, well, he, you weird. know,
0: he didn't know that. And he's not, you know, he's not the fastest guy. I mean, he's fast, uh, but he's not the fastest. So, you know, I mean, it, it kind of makes worried. sense. He'd look over his shoulder a little bit.
1: Probably worried about getting stripped from behind, you know? Yeah, maybe you know, so. Because like you could get stripped from behind and the ball could kick out of the end zone and. You know,
0: <laughs> and then you and then you turn it over with a touchback and God, nobody wants to see that.
1: And then, of course, uh, on what was it? Uh, second down or was it first down? I think it was second uh, pretty
0: down. sure it was second down. I, I think there was so a run. Jane that, that kind of went nowhere. Yeah. And then, yeah,
1: Jane scrambles out. He's got a nice lane. Uh, You know, if he was unimpeded, could have dove in. Uh, Yes, but but there was it was a pretty far dive and it was a long time to hang that ball out there. And when you you're it's with the strength of these defensive players, it does not take much for them to knock that ball out of your hand. No. And about a about a half yard before he he reaches that pylon, that ball pops out and it could have went straight sideways and it would have been fine. Yep, but it of course popped out back into the field of play inside the pylon, which was very clear on the replay um, for a touchback, one of the weirdest fucking rules in sports. Um, but it is a rule and players should know it and they should be aware of it. Um, so that was uh, that was a big bummer. you know I thought you're starting out seven0. It was even on the board the six0 was on the board for a sec with Calvin Jackson. Um yep. and then and then it's taken away. And you just got to think about that for the entire rest of the time while Oregon builds a fourteen <laughs> zero. Rest lead. of
0: the entire game.
1: <laughs> but then Oregon builds a fourteen zero lead and you're like, all right, this is we're getting steamrolled. Yep. But hey. They fought back. But hey, yeah. Which I yes, think they, did. they fought back, they tied a halftime. I think that says a lot about this team. Um and you know the kind of the adversity, the per- perseverance that they have. Like, um, you're you're in that very hostile environment. It sounded loud on the uh, on the um, 1970s broadcasts that we were watching. God, um, no kidding. Which it, that was just awful, man. Like you had mentioned on our last podcast that, uh, oh right, excited to watch it on your new 4K TV and all that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. I'm like. Is there some? I was like, I think there's something wrong with my TV. What the heck's going on here? <laughs> yeah. And and then it's like it goes to commercial and it's like perfectly HD, you know. And then it comes yeah. back and it's like, uh, are what colors are the teams like? What? It's so like, terrible. It ESPN's so been doing that all year, doing
0: that all year with their West Coast games. It's yep. been so terrible. It's and been if, so if you
1: terrible. want. If you want to read more about it, I encourage you to check out Junkinsano's reporting. Yep. Um, yep.
0: I mean, it was—it's been noticeable all year. Yeah. Like it's not just like, oh man, I noticed it on Saturday. Like it's, it's been—it's a—it's all it's, over the place on ESPN broadcasts.
1: It looks way worse in a night game, I think, too. At least in yeah, the sun, I would like, imagine it, it, you can. Yep. It's a little better, but yeah, it looked real bad. Yep. Um, but anyway, so but it looked better when WSU came back tied the game at 14, uh, you know, got a big turnover that really kicked that off. Kind of The fumble that went forever and ever. And then, uh, yeah, so it kind of felt like they were, um, you know, they were in it at halftime, 14-14. We're feeling good. They were actually out gaining Oregon by that play that they should have had a touchdown on. So they were, they were actually playing up to Oregon. It wasn't just fluky crap you know they were they were playing pretty well and uh then in the second half really Oregon's run game uh took over
0: yeah it was the the talent you know you start to see the talent discrepancy uh, in a lot of ways um and it, you know i i know a lot of our fans were disappointed with the way you know with the way it kind of went went in the second half with you know feeling like the game got away from us and Uh, You know, feeling like, you know, we had a chance and I don't know, like I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't even that disappointed on Saturday when we were sitting there, you know, I mean, I just was kind of like, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of what we expected. You know, we both predicted losses. We both predicted in the, you know, 10 to 14 point range, you know, on the loss. So
1: Uh, I think uh, we were both within a touch show. Were we? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I think right. you would have had us losing by six and I had us losing by three.
0: Oh, all right. Well, I thought it was around 10. But anyway, whatever it was, you know, we kind of both of us expected Oregon to pull away in the second half. Um, you know, and that's what happened. I, it, it maybe wasn't necessarily the way we expected. Um, I mean, yes, Oregon leaned on us in the run game, but it wasn't what we were expect, what we were fearing, like we were fearing. Travis Dye just sort of running wild and it wasn't Travis Dye, it was the quarterback yep who uh, you know hadn't run that much all year and um, you know my my guess you know not being a you know not being a brilliant football mind or anything um, but it, I, I you know I do remember that you know we always would would sort of lament that um, you know the quarterback was was such a problem like with Alex Grinch right when when our defense was really good you know if we were facing a truly mobile quarterback, uh we were we were gonna have a tough time and and you know i don't i don't remember exactly why that was scheme wise but I, I just sort of remember um some talk about you know th- with the way the scheme is run they, they just don't really uh, it can't really account for the quarterback and that's that becomes um you know the real challenge there is if you have a truly um you have a quarterback who's truly a running threat um then you know it becomes you know much more difficult and you know, my sense is probably, you know, Joe Moorhead's a good offensive coordinator down there at Oregon. Um, he's probably going to have, uh, you know, with all these head coaching vacancies, he's, he's probably going to grab one of them, um, somewhere. And, you know, my guess is that, you know, Dickert probably came up with a pretty good game plan to try and, uh, limit die and, and keep him bottled up. And, you know, Moorhead sort of anticipated that and, you and schemed for you know to get Brown loose because he is definitely uh, he's a big physical talented runner. Uh, he's a pretty so-so passer, as we noted in our preview, and he didn't have to throw that much. You know, he made a couple of okay throws, but I mean the reality was if he if he hadn't had to you know make a pass the entire game, they probably still would have yeah. won.
1: 20, 22 passes for one thirty-five is not yeah. much. Yeah,
0: no, it's not. Um, and and most of those were really only obvious passing downs. Although I do feel like there was a little more in the first half where they were sort of new around with some different passes. Um, And then by the second half was when they were just like, and and this is anecdotal. I'm not looking at the stats right now, but it sure seemed like in the second half, they just sort of went, nah, nah, we really don't need to do that anymore. Uh, We're just going to, we're just going to keep running and you know, you, you can't really stop us uh, you know, you can, you can slow us down. I, I, I mean, if there's anything to take away from it, that's positive. Uh, you know, we didn't seem to give up a whole bunch of, you know, massive chunk plays, which is great. Um, but you know, still didn't stop them from putting 38 points on the board. So, uh, you know, sometimes I think you just get beat and I mean, you know, that was my sense of what happened on Saturday. Just got, just got beat by a pretty good team.
1: Yeah. And, and just, uh, uh, offensively, uh, you know, the three turnovers were, were rough, um, kind of in a way kind of canceled out WSU's two turnovers they got. Um, yep. so that, that was just something that couldn't happen. And, uh, you know, cause WSU, you know, they didn't play too terribly offensively in terms of moving the ball, but yeah, they just had some, some, some negative plays that, that, Ended some drives pretty quickly uh oregon's defensive front really gave them trouble at times um especially you know when uh we we leaving you know thibodeau one-on-one and then uh some of the other guys you know it's that's the thing is you can be say hey you gotta chip thibodeau you gotta do this but they have a they have a pretty talented group yeah they got a lot of Um, talented guys so it's, if you're, if you're committed to guys to him, uh, you're probably making it easier for someone else. So, um, it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it was rough watching Thibodeau kind of, uh, destroy some guys, but, um, uh, it, it, it is what it is. They're organs, very talented. They've been recruiting really well since Cristobal got there, um, and that talent, I think, is starting to show. Yeah. And considering WSU has not been recruiting quite as well for the last few years, even the last couple of years of Leach, uh, maybe that some of that disparity is becoming a bit much. Um, to is to the point where even if WSU is playing well, uh, eventually, you know, there's just too many guys to yeah. contend with, and obviously that. I think Oregon was pretty hyped, too, to win for this game. And, and, yeah. And I I don't – there there's potential in some of their other games. They may have taken the opponent a little lightly. They were not taking WSU lightly. They were they, – they knew the stakes. I mean, they're ranked number thir- three. Like, they they know that everything they want is in front of them. Um, and it will be interesting to see if they're a little more locked in when they're playing Utah this weekend, if that impacts how well they play. Maybe we're seeing them kind of come around, figure out their identity a bit. Um, you know, even th- th- their their second running back had the better day than Die. Uh, he he he's a, he's a little bigger, and uh, you know, WSU had trouble with him, Cardwell. Um, so it it was just, yeah, they just grinded WSU down, and um, yeah, it, it it is what it is. WSU they're sitting at five and five. They got Arizona this week. We could still get to a bowl game, which would be a hell of an accomplishment in this season. Yes, sir. Um, I think Delora is still making strides. You know, he made mistakes, and was, but he's still like what yeah, – he's about a season's worth of starts at this point.
0: Yep. He so. he just – he seems to get a little too hyped sometimes. Yep. Um And when he does, you know, his, his decision-making isn't real great. And, you know, I think that's what you saw there, Um, you know, early in the game, you know, he gets, he gets, you know, he wants to make a play so badly. And and I don't fault, you know, I don't fault a guy for that. Like, um, you know, for two years from now, and he's still still doing that, then maybe I'm like, okay, you know, this is this is problematic. But I think I think there's a sense at this point that this is kind of who he is in a, in a way Um, you know, he is an emotional guy and he does play with emotion. And so the question is always, you know, can you, can you take that emotion and really harness um, that emotion? And you know, there are times when he can, and there are times when he has a tough time doing it. And you know, WSU certainly knew the stakes of this game. And you mentioned, you know, Oregon knew the stakes. I mean uh, you know, the Cougars clearly knew the stakes. They, they were well aware. That this was a huge game and it wasn't just because you know oregon was ranked third it was because you know they knew if they win this they they are you know like essentially control their own destiny to the pac-12 north championship and you got you know a ton of guys on this team that have had a taste of that before right you know the the bunch of guys were on that 2018 team that was an apple cup win away uh, from winning the PAC 12 North. And so, uh, you know, they, they surely were aware of that and wanted it. And, um, you know, were very, you know, hyped and Delora, I'm sure wanted to give it to him and, um, going into that environment and kind of all that stuff wrapped up, you know, he just seemed, uh, kind of walking the high wire, you know, right off the top and, Uh, you know and sometimes that works against you and you know it's i I don't know man it's it's hard for me to find a lot of fault in what they did on on saturday um you know i just feel like you know most of what happened uh you know i don't feel like they weren't prepared they were obviously prepared uh you know i don't feel like they didn't give good effort they obviously gave good effort um you know it's yeah did they they have a couple turnovers yeah i mean were the passes ill-advised sure Uh, but, you know, I mean, those things are going to happen and, you know, Oregon for their part, even when we were playing well in the first half, you know, Oregon never really looked flat. Um, you know, they just looked like we were playing well and Oregon was figuring some things out and then, um, you know, and then they, they, they figured some stuff out. Right. And, you know, and the quarterback ends up going for, you know, 123 yards rushing. So I, I can't walk away from the game discouraged. Um, there's nothing there that makes me feel, you know worse about their their chances to win one of at least one of the last two games um you know i I love where they're heading i love what they're doing um you know i I was a little disappointed by some of dickert's game management decisions um you know i i I think we are um skewing a bit toward um you know some conservative tendencies which you know i mean i know some people like that
1: the fourth down fourth and two. Yep, you're still down by a touchdown. Yep.
0: Um, you know, you're, you're midfield, it's fourth and two, you're still down by a touchdown. Um, you know, if you give the ball at that point, you know, Oregon was, was really starting to run and, um, you know, it was just, it was just a bad decision. It was a bad decision when it happened. Uh, it it was a bad decision when Oregon marched down and scored a touchdown. Um, it, it was just, it was a bad decision. I think Dicker probably knew it. Um, you know, so you get that a little bit within an experienced coach and, Um, yeah, I don't know. He, I'm sure he would do it all over again, knowing the result. Now, I don't know that he would do it differently, uh, in the future, just philosophically. Um, because you know, he, he definitely is dropping all these hints about kind of being that, having that defensive coordinator mentality as a head coach. So, um, I don't know, you know, he's, I think that was a bad choice. I think he knows it was a bad choice. Uh, it's unfortunate. I I don't think we probably win anyway. If, um, if, if, you know, if he makes the right decision, but you know, would have had a better chance at
1: least. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, I guess I I don't really have a lot, like, a lot more takeaways other than that. You look at the two guys that have been dominating the receiving yards the last couple weeks, and then you see the release of uh, the guys that are on your senior day uh, this coming Friday. Um, You know, it's just a a reminder that we will not have Travell Harris and uh, Calvin Jackson next year and then yep. also will not have Max Borgie or Dion McIntosh um, yep. but the one positive is uh, there was no Jalen Watson on that list so that's the one surprise yeah. and that, that's a nice guy to have back. That was Houston a surprise um, yeah yeah so uh, you know we got a lot of things to move through so I'm fine with putting a bow on that. Yeah, uh, It's never as much fun to talk about losses anyway um, but let's, let's move on to talking as quickly as we can about, uh, a pretty dang big hoops win for yeah. for the men on, on Monday. That was, yeah. that was, you know, I, I, I thought they could win, but the way they came out and, and put their foot down was very impressive. The, the, the turnovers early, the, the defensive intensity leading to easy baskets, uh, the just going inside, you know, exploiting Santa Barbara's desire to limit three-point attempts by just getting inside, getting easy baskets. Like it was, it was a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, everything come together. They built a 23-point lead that really was enough. It was that was what they needed, and it was the game was pretty much over at that point. And that was pretty awesome to see um, them just uh, it, uh, an experienced, good basketball team coming off a tournament their first division one game their coach telling some news service that they're excited (laughs) to go get a big win and they're going to go get a big win in pullman yeah Um,
0: speaking of a guy who needs the what an idiot gif sent to him yeah uh, that's that guy but i you know Number one, I won't cry for him because obviously we used it to our advantage. Number two, I won't cry for him because it was uh, – was it John Rilly? Uh Yeah. Gonzaga alum. Gonzaga alum John Riley. So, yeah, that did not make me sad to, uh, <laughs> to stick it to that guy. Even in a roundabout yeah. way, trying to get Gonzaga.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. And by the so, way, I was going to say, I, by I, the
0: way, you mentioned that it was – Basically, over at 23 points. uh, Ken Pomeroy put the win probability at 98.2% when we were up 39 to 16. So, there you go. Pretty much over.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that was, it was cool. Uh, You honestly, you could see this fire in Noah's eyes. Oh, yeah. Like, there was like a ramped up defensive intensity that he has not played the first time he has played with this season early. And,. They, he was they were getting steals they were turning a team the over that does not turn the ball over that much and we saw in the second half they didn't yep um but but yeah it was that was really cool um there's any negatives which you know it's early in the season we we're, we're always looking at what what could improve what what might be a trend um you know I I, I pointed out to you the the defensive rebounding percentage um I there's definitely times when yeah they're just not attacking I I think because I've talked about this with like Sherwood before and and, and how like FA is an NBA caliber athlete and you don't see guys box out in the NBA they just jump and grab the rebound and I think Muhammad Gay is a similar athlete where you know boxing out doesn't really serve them serve a big purpose for them but you can see they kind of lose rebounds because that maybe you know, a guy kind of is able to get in on them and get the rebound. Um, So maybe that happened a few times. There's another thing where if F.A. blocks a shot, and I say probably half of his shot, a half of his six went into his own teammates' hands. But if he blocks a shot and the one one thing that John Andershek pointed out to us, if he blocks a shot and the other team catches it, gets it back, that's an offensive rebound for them. Yep. So that impact that impacts your offensive – your rebound count, your your rebound percentage. So I think there's probably – and even on Bomba's block shot, I think they recovered it. So there's probably three or four offensive rebounds that just came off of a block shot. And so that's not really a, a thing where you would expect a team to be able to get a rebound. So that impacts the percentage quite a bit. But I, I think they definitely – kind of lost track of that a bit at, um, in the second half. Uh, I just think they got a little
0: – they got a little lazy and a little sloppy. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. I mean, you know, they just weren't – you know, the hustle just maybe wasn't quite as, you know, as there on on the defensive end. Um, you know, on the offensive end, they got a little sloppy with their passing and their shot selection. Now, they did still, you know, crash the offensive glass – Uh, for their part as well. I mean, both teams ended up over 40% offensive rebounding, which is sort of anecdotally that seems unusual uh, for both teams to have good offensive rebounding games. Typically, um, you know, somebody does a decent job on the defensive glass. But um, as we know, offensive rebounding and defensive rebounding are different skills. And so, um, you know, obviously it's not crazy that it could happen, but it seems unusual that both teams are sort of like – uh, getting a whole bunch of offensive rebounds. And you know, I don't know. I mean, we were kind of on cruise control. I mean, the, the shooting was bad. Uh, that's something we haven't mentioned yet is, you know, we shot two of 16 from the three point line, which is, uh, you know, horrendous. Uh, Michael Flowers was one of seven. Um, he is off to a really, really rough start shooting the ball from deep. Um, Terrell Roberts, who, you know, had been on fire, ended up only one of five. Um, and if I remember right, I think he hit the first one and then missed the next four. Yep. Uh, TJ Bomba missed three. Noah missed the only one he took and he missed it badly. Um, you know, just really, really off shooting night. But again, that's, that's the sort of thing where you go, okay, if you had you know, we always play this game, right? If you had told me, you know, game, right. You know, I mean, if if you had told me that, you know, WSU was going to shoot two of 16 from three, uh, you know, I might, I might've, I might've wondered, you know, like, well, how'd the game go? Uh, You know, I I certainly would not, I mean, it would not have shocked me if we had still been able to win. Uh, It really would have shocked me if you had told me it was, it was a blowout up until you know the other team made three baskets to go on a 7-0 run in the last minute and a half right like it was a 15 point game with a minute and a half left um, you know it, it the things that contributed were uh, only 11 turnovers which you know we've been talking okay we got to get the turnovers out of control uh, under control well only finish with 11 turnovers you know and then you got the offensive rebounds right 43% offensive rebounding so you know, 43% of our misses we got ourselves, um, and then 58% on twos. That That's a pretty good recipe.
1: Yeah, and now if we look at kind of the trends so far this season with some of the players, I mean, Mohamed Gay is – I mean, he's, he's a freshman. He should be a senior in high school. A yep. superlative offensive rebounder. Just yeah. so, so good. He, he's so long. He reads it really well. He's not a great defensive rebounder yet, and honestly, a lot of young athletic guys aren't. Uh, yeah. It's there's a strength it's, aspect. It's that. it's a yeah exactly. He's not strong, but you don't need to be strong to be a good offensive rebounder, and he is very good at that. He's very good at drawing fouls. You know, I think there's better free throw percentage in there with him. Um, I think maybe that'll come. That'll improve as the season goes along. Um, he. Uh, it, he obviously um, they they trust him to shoot long range. It'll be interesting to see if he does that. Um, but he's he's a good piece. Like he's looking like a good piece. He looks like he's a big body. Um, definitely has the athleticism to contend with any any Pac twelve big. Um, he's definitely wiry, but he's not quite as wiry as I thought he was going to be. Like he's definitely not Robbie Cowgill skinny. Um, he's got a little more on there. Um, For sure so so he's he's you know i think every bit as good as we could have hoped for uh you know a guy that should be a senior and and all that like this uh very um very good and then you know combined hit you know with between him and deshaun and fa and then you have bomba uh crashing the glass as well and really any any guy that's playing that that three be it bomba Rodman or Yakimovsky crashing the glass. You have a bunch of guys over 10% uh, offensive rebounder percentage. Th- this is clearly an emphasis on this team. They yep. know they got the talent and the size, uh, size helps a lot with offensive rebounding too. Um, you, they have the talent and the height and the length to get offensive rebounds and get points from them, which they are doing. Uh, and this, they, They are excelling, and I think, you know, right now they're eighth in offensive rebounding percentage. Obviously, they've played some lower teams, but I could definitely see them be a a top, uh, you know, hover around that, you know, the 40% be one of the top offensive rebounding teams in the country this year because it definitely seems like um, it, as we've talked about many times before, offensive rebounding is often, you know, if if you have the personnel – and then it just comes down to strategy. Are, are you going to crash the glass or not? And we're clearly sending two to three guys to get offensive yep. rebounds every time. And yep. if you do that and you have the guys that can grab them, you're going to get them. And so that's that's cool. And, I like, and, and it honestly is... It's fun. Yeah, it's super fun. And, it's so, <laughs> and you know how much it frustrates the other team. Yeah. Because you know how much it frustrates you yes. when your team doesn't grab defensive rebounds.
0: Absolutely. I, you know, the funny thing is that so many um, coaches forego offensive rebounds in order to set up their defense, right? But you know, there's a the flip side to that. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna crash the glass and you're good at it, um, then the other teams not they better not leak out. They better they better crash the glass too and get that defensive rebound. They're not going to get transition opportunities. I mean, you know, UCSB is is a team as you know as Bryce pointed out in his. Uh, preview. You know when when they can run, they like to run. You know they look to run, they're, and if it's very not there, in
1: transition. Yeah.
0: When it's not there, then they pull out and they run kind of a pretty deliberate offense. But they'll run if it's there. Um, they did not have you know very many runouts. Um, you know, in, and it's it's a really tough thing to do if you can't you know if you can't get the defensive rebound. That's the first uh, you know offensive action or last defensive action, depending on which way you want to think about it. Um, and if you can't secure that defensive rebound, man, it is tough, 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 um, to get out and do the things you want to do if you're trying to run it all. So yeah, it's, you put a lot of pressure on the other team when you are, um, attacking that offensive glass and, um, you know, it's been a uh, boy, I don't, I don't think, and, and this is, you know, purely anecdotal because the, the stats don't, you know, go all the way back to the beginning of my Cougar fandom, um, you know, going back to like 1994, right? Or 1995, 1995. Um, but it, this is the best offensive rebounding team, you know, between say the end of last year and now, uh, you know, the WSU's had certainly in my time as a Coug. It's like, um, you know, because you had, you know, whatever it was that Ernie Kent was doing. Um, and then you had, you know, Tony Bennett was, or sorry, uh, Ken bone, um, again, not, not emphasizing offensive rebounding really at all. Um, and then obviously Tony Bennett, like actually depresses offensive rebounding on purpose. Like, uh, if there happens to be a big guy under the rim and the ball falls to him, that's great. Uh, but the other four people better be getting, you know, back almost as soon as the shot goes up. Right. Um, you know, and then, you know, just keep going backwards to, you know, Dick Bennett and, uh, you know, Paul Graham and Kevin Eastman. And, you know, none of those guys emphasized offensive rebounds because, you know, none of those guys had, you know, athletes like this. And, um, you know, it's, it's probably worth noting that Kyle Smith didn't emphasize uh, offensive rebounding until about, you know, the second half of last year yep. when it was <laughs> Deshaun and F.A. So, yep. uh, when so Deshaun no shock started that coming around. Yeah. yeah. So no shock that other coaches didn't do it, but it's like, you know, this is something different and unique and fun. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty cool when, you know, a shot goes up and, you know, even if you're having, you know, a bad shooting night that, you know, you've got a chance to, um, you know, still survive that and maybe even thrive a little bit, um, you know, creating that, you know, that shot volume that we talk about that is just, you know, so dang valuable.
1: Yeah. And, and another trend that I really wanted to highlight because it has me very, very uh, excited, make me feel very optimistic is if you look at the distribution of percent of, of usage uh, yep. among all the players on the team. Uh there so the highest uh usage right now is Jefferson Koulibaly when he's on the floor he uses 23.2% of possessions. So we've typically going back to all the way back uh even to Tony's years, you know, final, you know, his uh final year with when he had uh uh just didn't have a, a ton of great offensive talent. He had Rochester and and, and, and a young Clay and, and Baines. Uh, we just had like the team is relying on a, a couple guys and they would have 28, 30 plus percent usage. And obviously in, in uh, Smith's first two seasons, it was Ellaby and Bonton and then Noah and Bonton. And if either of those players or both – or, or yeah, or just one. You know, were off. Then your offense was totally screwed. But right now, it it doesn't matter. You know, Tyrell shoots a lot of shots, but he he doesn't use that many possessions. He he shoots a high percentage of shots, but he's not getting the free throw line. He's not turning the ball over as much. So you're getting other guys get opportunities. So if Tyrell is going to have a bad night, which he kind of had a bad night against, he definitely had a bad night against Santa Barbara. He had three turnovers. He didn't shoot that well. But WSC still had a good offensive night. They didn't, you know, they they didn't shoot well from the outside. Well, guess what? You have Muhammad Gay and my and F.A. Abigidi destroying teams on the inside. Uh, even Deshaun Jackson, when he was in there, well, you know, he was doing well on the inside, you know, except when he got fouled out real quick. Um, but on top of that, it's much easier for a player to be efficient if they don't have a huge load on them. So that's why it's it's you see good teams, they distribute their usage pretty evenly among the key players, and so uh, you know among the starters. And right now we're like almost perfectly distributed when guys are out there. There is not, and, and so we are not relying on anyone. Now you still want those guys that can score when need be, and I think Noah will reclaim that towards the end of the season. I think maybe he's lacking in confidence offensively a little bit right now, particularly on his jump shot. Um, But I still think it's there. Flowers is a guy that I could see claiming that. And then uh, Roberts, he seems to have that role right now. I think it's against Santa Barbara. I uh, was a bit skeptical if he can do that against uh, uh, better teams. Um, But other than that, you don't need – to get to that point where you need like the one guy, if you just have a bunch of guys playing well, you're not relying on a single player. It's very exciting. And, and there's, to my point that to what I meant to get to earlier, but there's only one guy that's below a hundred offensive rating right now. uh that's played minutes. And that yeah. is, and, and that is Yakamovsky a lot because of his turnover rate. Yeah. Um, but he's still at 91. And and yeah. we've we've been going through, that was like Bonton's offensive rating last year. For a guy who was using thirty percent of the possessions, now you get them all distributed. You have Flowers, Abigidi, and Bamba have obscenely high offensive ratings. Rodman, you know, in his rare shots he takes, he's being really efficient. You have you know Gay, uh, he he's. It, honestly his it, free throw shooting is probably what's killing him the most on, on his on his offensive rating but you know Koulibaly, will you know noah and tyrell and and flowers it's just there's so many guys that can score in different ways and it if there's anything that can make you optimistic about this team going somewhere this year that is it right there that shows a big leap from the first two years of this Kyle Smith era, that there now there are so many guys that can score. There's so many guys that can make a play that there there isn't one guy that's taking uh plurality of the shots, you know. Like it's just everyone's distributed almost evenly. It's crazy.
0: Yep. That and that's the thing that you know, when you see good teams, that's what you see. You know, the, you and I look at these, you know, team sheets a whole lot. We look at the, you know, the player stats. And when you look at the teams that are really good, you know, they they aren't teams that have, you know, one guy who, you know, is playing out of his mind. I mean, sometimes they have a guy who's doing that, but that's not why the offense is good. The offense is good because they've got a whole bunch of guys who are very efficient in the touches that they have and that's, that's, that's what we're dealing with right now, which is great. I mean, I've, I even said, you know, Deshaun is off to a rough start. Well, Deshaun's offensive rating is still a hundred point six, uh, which is, you know, okay. Like, that's not great, but it's okay. Um, you know, he's struggling with fouls, but it's like, you know, I mean, when we start going through here and going, okay, well, this guy, that guy, uh, you know, uh, you know, it starts to get really nitpicky, right. You know, you start talking about Andre, like, okay, Andre's situation is he's, you know, he's turning the ball over right now. Okay. Um, but you know, then you look at, you know, Roberts Williams and flowers who, you know, we've had this three guard lineup a whole bunch. Well, all three of them are under, you know, 17% turnover rate, which is really low for guards. You know, like the, the reason why the, you know, the turnovers were really good in this third game, uh, not as good in the first two games, right? Well, the reason why they weren't as good, in the first couple games was, you know, Koulibaly's turns the ball over a bit. Deshaun has turned the ball over a lot in the, you know, few minutes that he's played. Um, Yakumovsky's turned it over a lot, you know, and so you just go, you know, there are lots of things that you see here that are the seeds of, basically, you know, you don't want to get too high off of the results, right? Like. Okay. You, you know, you beat two teams pretty easily and then you played the third team, got way up on them and then sort of cruised the finish line. Um, you know, it's really easy to go, oh man, this team's amazing just based off of those results. But man, when you look at like the underpinnings, like you and I so often do where you just kind of go, okay, well, you know, what, what are, what, what are the peripheral stats tell us about what's happening? And it's like, nope, nope. It's, it's, it's still all good. (laughs) Like, like, it's still all good. You know, they're not shooting great yet uh they've made 28% of their threes this year. Um and their uh, and you know also points made 59% per
1: 59% pres- of their twos, which is
0: Yeah. Nice. which is nice. But that's what I'm saying though. That's where I'm like, okay, at some point the three-pointers are going to come around. And then do we expect the two-pointers now are they going to continue to hit a 60% clip all year on the twos? Probably not. Uh but, you know, is that something you expect to fall off a cliff? And the answer no. to that is also no. Right? Like they're still going to be good. You know, they got lots of size. And then, you know, you see that, you know, Flowers is a good finisher. You've seen Noah do what he does, you know, use his length when he gets to the rim to, you know, lay the ball up over people. Um, you know, I don't expect the two point percentage to, you know, fall off a cliff. And I expect the three point percentage to improve dramatically. So, uh, you know, there are just so many reasons to think that even with these, you know, three performances, that they are, um, you know, they are trending in the right direction that, that, You know they'll be even better um idaho winthrop eastern next three games you know all three games they should win handily um you know i know you know people might say oh idaho's a rivalry game but you know idaho's 351st in ken palm right now uh the projection there is a uh, is a 21 point win so uh you know those are three games they should win rather handily before they head off to arizona state who is um you know frankly very beatable so uh, you know, there, there's still some time to kind of sort some of these other kinks out and, and be even better, and I am I am no less fired up for this team than I was, uh, you know, a week and a half ago when they tipped off. Well, and ago. plus... It's only been a you know, week.
1: What, one thing, you know, there's a couple things defensively that maybe you're, you worry about. One thing you don't worry about, the, the, the shooting percentages are good. They're not letting teams shoot a lot of threes. That's good. Um, but, you know, obviously that rebounding... I, you know, I could see them be a team that doesn't force a lot of turnovers uh, just because of their personnel. Um, it, but, you know, the the rebounding is something I hope they can improve on. But honestly, yep. they, they've been able to do that, you know, with this in Smith's first two years. There's trouble areas like that that he... Really values that you've seen them improve on. They just became a rebounding juggernaut by the end of the season last year, and I yep. I think especially if you know uh, Deshaun can get his fouls under trouble, uh, you know, uh, fouls under you know because honestly, yep. they're not going to call as many fouls I- I- in like a few games. Like no. this is just what the refs do. They call a ton of fouls, and and Deshaun has been the victim of it quite a bit, and so mm-hmm. it's just it's just not going to happen as much anymore. And, and so he's probably not going to f- have to sit on the bench as much. And plus, you know, once they get into playing Arizona State, USC, teams like that, Deshaun's going to find much better matchups because he yep. thrives against the bigger, better guys. Like he <laughs> wants to play against the bigger front lines, yeah. you know? He wants he to wa- feel that contact. Yep. So, and honestly, like he he's not missing shots when he gets him. He's just turning the ball over uh, a lot of offensive fouls, things like that. The, the, you know that he's gotten turnovers on and he he just he i'm sure they're preaching him to keep that ball high um that's been a struggle for him but you know i expect him to play better than he has uh he showed a lot last year i don't think he's going to take some big uh dip yeah. um he already is he's much better at, he's already much better at finishing that was one thing he struggled with last year and he's already f- done better at that so if he fixes the other crap then he's going to be as good as we wanted him to be. So, and and then I think if he can see the floor more, I think our offensive, our offensive rebound percentage will go up. And so I, and, you know, potentially maybe, maybe, you know, the, the, they work with the lineups if that's not working or whatever. So I I think they'll fix that. If, if they can keep this um, distribution of usage, it's just, it's going to be such a positive development. And, and and I, and I hope it continues you know it, it, it still happened against UC Santa Barbara and so that that makes me uh, feel good that it'll, it'll keep going when you play a, D, a solid team and you're still to, you know a lot of guys are not afraid to take the shot um, that's a that's a good sign so yep um, we got a lot to talk about so maybe we you know we, we we can we got a lot of time to talk about this team and they have three more games that we can fawn over <laughs> before the real stuff starts happening. I know,
0: And you you get to go. You're going to go watch, uh, you know, watch them play in Moscow yep. on yep. Thursday night and go check Thanks out Idaho's that. new basketball facility. Yeah, I, cool. I think
1: uh, I have a feeling a lot of Cougs are going to be there. And so, well, I hope so. Uh, that's, that's gonna I hope be, the
0: students just go pack that place out.
1: Yeah. That'd well, and nice. also some of you stay back and go to the volleyball yep. game, of course. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. But that doesn't require too many. Bowler doesn't hold that many people, Um, but yeah. So hopefully, you know, we can get tons of people in there. You know, the the alums that are in town for the game, and then any students that want to go over too. I know, I know our uh, our student writer, who people may not realize that, given how well he writes, is uh, Bryce will be over there. Um, And uh, so I'm I'm excited to see a lot of crimson among the black and gold that kind of looks like yellow sometimes on their, yeah. on their gear. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, hoops sky's the limit. Uh, but, um, maybe just play better down the stretch. So we don't, so we can, so yeah. we can feel, so we can just have nothing but positive vibes on a game like that. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, you know,
0: so- I mean, you just uh, you, gotta, you gotta give the coach a little something to, you know, continue to coach you on and, uh, you know, I mean, you know, teaching points, teaching points are still there. Yeah. So, but,
1: uh, at December 1st have everything taught and, uh, let's, let's, let's go in some games that, yeah. that really matter. Um, so yeah, uh, Jeff, I, I think we should, uh, take our, our first break here and sounds good. Th- then we'll come back. We'll talk about our awesome soccer team and go from there. back well Jeff you know what I'm looking forward to I think on Saturday I might have to head on back to our favorite Ellensburg watering hole pretty fair beer in Ellensburg yeah um you know it's it's I'm looking at their I pulled up their tap list see what they got going on right now What, what maybe I can what maybe I can drink when I stop through Ellensburg on Saturday, even though, you know, I'll probably, be maybe a little hair of the dog, you know, have one beer, you know, on my way, have a nice meal uh, for lunch. But, you know, they got a nice variety. They got a Kolsch. They got a, a an Amber Ale from uh, Garden Path. So that's probably going to be a funky red ale. Uh, Garden Path's a, a real cool brewery out of Burlington, Washington. They're, they're doing a, a lot of uh, um, kind of... Um, if you've ever had Jester King, they have a guy from Jester King. Yeah. They're doing a lot of mixed fermentation stuff, really great stuff. Um, definitely not a brewery you'd often see on the uh, east side of the state uh, or the central part of the state. Uh, they got they got some uh, good beers from Three Mags, uh, a beer from Mirage. I know you dig your Mirage. Other agencies, I think uh, we've had that. Yep. Um uh, a, a Czech Pilsner from Matchless. I'm already thinking that's the one I'm gonna go for. Uh, but yeah, lots of good stuff. Um, you know, lots of good stuff. You know, they got beer to go. Uh, that that saved me a couple times when I didn't have to when I didn't have time to grab uh, beer at my local spots here in Tacoma. I could stop in in uh, in Ellensburg and raid their cooler and fill up my my tailgating cooler. So um, all all good stuff. They yeah, I've seen lots of good stuff from the cooler as well from holy mountain uh structures uh matchless wander uh, a lot of great stuff uh stoop oh man fresh hop fiend we talked about that one that one's good yep um yeah dude uh pretty fair beer run by kooks um oh and just proudly kooks they're gonna be showing the game on friday night if you, you can't make it out to Pullman, you live in central washington you want to hit them up. They'll be, they'll be showing that game at six on Friday. Um, so you can watch, the, watch the game they'll, they'll I'm sure they'll have the sound on and, and, um, there'll be plenty of Cougs there. So, uh, great place to watch games and, and get a bite to eat. Um, I know you tried their food last time you were there. I, I was yep. impressed with them when I've had it. Um, great spot, great people run it. Uh, definitely, um, definitely, a like, uh, a nice gem to have in between here and Pullman. For sure, but yeah. So, Jeff, let's let us let us get to what your Pretty Fair Beer beer of the day is.
0: Yeah, so it is a beer that I bought at Pretty Fair Beer. It's the last Ooh. the last one that I've got left. Um, it is the Matchless Fresh Boys Fresh Hopped Lager, which uh, which I have not had before and is absolutely delicious. Um, it's uh, you know, it's got that easy drinking lager uh, situation going on. Uh, it's it's the the fresh hop to it almost gives it kind of a like a like a citrusy almost kind of a lemon zest kind of flavor to it. Um, yeah, really delicious. I love it.
1: I love when breweries make fresh hop beers that aren't IPAs. Um, yep. or payloads. Like I just love when they, they utilize the fresh hop kind of uniqueness in other styles. And I will always go for it for a fresh hop lager So if they still have some of that, when I drive through, I might have to have to grab that out yeah. of the cooler.
0: It's good. I love it. You'll love it too.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I've definitely been grabbing every, I, I've missed out on a lot of like fresh hop IPAs this year. Cause I always like go for the fresh hop lockers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, Yeah. So um, I'm I'm uh, for my uh, pretty fair beer uh, beer of the podcast I am having uh, a, a brewery that they often feature at Pretty Fair Beer Structures Brewing. Um, this is Structures Floral, uh, which is described as a beautiful collaboration with the Max Higby Center. Uh, Jeff, do you know what the Max Higby Center is? No idea. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I should look it up. Well, I thought you were uh, going to give
0: me the answer, man. So, what I the hell are we doing looked, here?
1: It's pretty funny. I looked it up, and, and like it just says Max Higby Center, a place for friends. It wow. looks like possibly well, it lovely, a kind of after-school program type thing. Okay, all right. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a it's a Max Higby Center supports and empowers teens and adults with developmental disabilities to build community friendships, happiness, life skills, and health through recreation. Very cool. Uh, well, that's very, very fucking cool. awesome. Yeah yeah. So, yeah. So I guess, uh, floral, um, that's a real nice, I assume some of this, the proceeds went to Max Sigby, which is a, a nice, a nice thing to support. Um, so I, uh, this beer is very good too. It's very much a structures, hazy IPA, you know, they do that really well. Very tasty. Uh, I think what did they say? The hops, uh, Amarillo, Eldorado. Uh, some nice kind of easy drinking hops there, um, very good. You know, floral, a yeah. little bit, a little bit floral on the nose, but then it's kind of got the fruitiness that you expect from a, a hazy. Pretty tasty, um, nice. And then after that, I got a, I got a Heidelberg, um, which Seven Seas, which uh, brews out of the old Heidelberg Brewery in Tacoma, has brought back the brand. And is now brewing Heidelberg beer in the original Heidelberg—that's amazing uh, Heidelberg uh, brewery in Tacoma. So I got him one of those for my for my backup. Some of the, if there's any old heads that listen to uh, our our podcast, you may have had a Heidelberg before because um, it I has not been made for a very long time. I've uh, had a Heidelberg.
0: I'm pretty you've had sure. A Heidelberg. Yeah, I think so. It seems like uh, the yeah. it seems like something we had back in college one time as a joke.
1: Yeah, I've, I've I I've heard know. that. Maybe not. There's a, I don't know. There's a Heidelberg Distributing Company. Um Yeah, I you know the the brewing operation in Tacoma like shut down in like the 70s, but I I think there's potential that like someone else brewed it for a while. Could be. Cuz I've had a lot of people Also, I also, say I also that,
0: like, definitely remember having hams one night.
1: We decided well, to go with the hams. hams is still. If you ask any brewer their favorite beer, their favorite like light lager is Hams. Like that's that's kind of that's universally awesome. accepted <laughs> best light lager. It is. It's very good. Um, I love that. Uh, so yeah, um, Heidelberg structures floral, all that good stuff. But now let's move on to talk about big win for the soccer team. Move it on Hell to the second yeah. round.
0: Which we did not watch because we were at a birthday party at a pizza restaurant,
1: yeah, we were checking um, it you know I watch i i was I was watching it occasionally on my phone. I caught yep. one of the goals for sure, but, but uh you know, I didn't catch the end. you know we were still kind of you know we were deep into the pizza party at at the old round table at that point, and uh, yep um, missed a lot of that, but yeah, three zero uh, from all accounts, it should have been more. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. dominant performance over Montana. And now they're moving on to play Tennessee in Ann Arbor. So uh, a team that they beat uh, a few years ago in the tournament, I believe, to go to the – when they went to the Sweet 16 the first time. Um, they took out Tennessee. So, uh, t- uh, you know, a program they've beaten before, and uh, now they're meeting again. So that's, that's pretty exciting. And yeah. it's not in – uh, Tennessee's home soil, which is, which is nice. Although if they beat that's Tennessee, really, they'll probably play Michigan great. in Ann Arbor, but, uh, we won't look too far ahead on that, but, but you yeah, never know, but you never know,
0: <laughs> you never know. Cause you know, the PAC 12 just sort of like fell on its face a little bit with UCLA losing and Stanford losing, which is UCLA who uh, had not
1: lost all year, who
0: had not lost all year and was in fact the PAC 12 champ. They finally, uh, caught up to USC at the end of the year. USC was on top all season uh, and then UCLA kind of, kind of kept creeping up on them, and then and then beat them in the last match to leapfrog them in the table and take the title. So you know, of course UCLA went out and lost. <laughs> so uh, and then Stanford lost as well. And it, this Stanford team isn't as good as um, some of the ones they've had in the past. But um, the only two Pac-12 teams left standing, Washington State and, and USC, as everybody drew it up before the season started. So,
1: and with USC, of course, with their former former uh Washington State head coach Kedari Macpherson. Yes. So. Yes.
0: That was a move that worked out well for everyone. He yeah. moved on and won a national championship and we got Todd Schulenberger, and I think I think we're all pretty tickled about that arrangement. So we're both those teams, in, you know, at USC, in we games. we obliterated our opening opponents, so um, hopefully that means good things uh going forward this weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, you know. I I, I tagged the Coug on on uh, Twitter, asked if they'd be streaming it on ESPN Plus, and they will be. So I'm excited to watch that game at the Coug. Pre-game in for the Arizona football game, be watching the the uh, the, the soccer team. Hopefully, get a W. Start the day off right um, yes. in the Coug. There, I think it'll be nice. A nice atmosphere watching there. Um, having some having some food, having some beer. Uh, hopefully not too many smirnoffs um but uh yeah uh it it should be should be fun um i'm really looking forward to watching you know like a watch party for a wc soccer game sounds fucking awesome like that sounds great um because i've already seen a bunch of people on twitter like i'll be there hell yeah let's watch it you know so that that'll be yeah that'll be really fun um place out hell yeah so um volleyball, uh, we'll switch to volleyball. They, they're, you know, they're marching towards another NCAA tournament appearance. Um, they, they seem like a a lock for that. Uh, but they, um, in beating Cal on, uh, what was it? Thursday or was it Friday? Thursday, uh, in beating Cal on Thursday, uh, they also, uh, you know, one of their best players, um, Perhaps their best, you know, but uh, uh, Pia Timmer suffered uh, at least one of their most versatile players. Pia Timmer suffered uh, an injury um, and missed the rest of the game against Cal and then missed uh, the match against Stanford, which uh, seemed to impact them quite a bit. And they uh, lost to Stanford in four sets. Um, So uh, I think the biggest takeaway from this weekend of volleyball is hopefully Pia Timmer is okay because she could have a, a, her absence could have a huge impact on, uh, on the rest of the season. She does everything. She's a great server. Um, she is uh, a good uh, defense player in terms of digging, you know, setting up, And then she is a very efficient hitter. Um, so she uh, hits from the back line, hits at the net. Uh, she's just very good, very good all-around player that does pretty much everything. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it would, it would suck if, if she's out and hopefully, hopefully she is, uh, can, can get back in there.
0: Yep. Yep. That'd be nice. would love to see that and love to see them, you know, have their strongest squad, uh, heading in the tournament. Cause that's, that's definitely what you want. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't want to be limping in. So hopefully that, hopefully I get straightened out.
1: Yeah, so um, get better, to you, Pia. We would uh, we want to watch you again. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so what else we got? Uh, women's Hoops, uh, they're off to a, a, a good start. Uh, pounding San Jose State, you know, maybe a, a little bit rougher going against uh, Northern Arizona than they would like, but um, I think they're pretty much in control of that game the whole time. Um, you know, uh, Charlize is playing well. Bella is playing really well. Um, that's been nice to see. Uh, she seems to be a little bit better finishing, um, which which she struggled with last year, maybe not as many turnovers as she did last year. That's looking really good. Um, I don't see, you know, uh, it doesn't seem like so far that, uh, Uh, that Crystal Ledger Walker is, is taking as big of a a burden offensively. Um, So uh, if that can continue, that's good. Of course, right now, uh, the big thing is that they're missing one of their best players in Johanna Tader, who is uh, playing with the Estonian, you know, her home country, Estonian national team. Um, So, uh, and she won't be back for a couple more weeks, and you know yep. they have they have a top five NC State in that time, so <laughs> uh, which is a bummer that she'll be gone. But so far, um, yeah, I think uh, I think I, I see a bit of improvement. I have Grace Sarver off the bench, and that could be a help again. Uh, uh, Tara is the freshman; is excellent. Um, she is an all around player that's going to be very useful. And then they're supposed to get a guard, um, not the Australian one, another uh, guard, uh, a domestic guard, that's supposed to be able to start at um, uh, the semester, uh, which could provide depth in the backcourt as well. So uh, I think they have room. There's potential that they are improved this year, Um, and uh, I, I think things are looking up so far. And nothing in the first two games uh, to dissuade me from that.
0: Yeah. They, uh, I think you're right about what is going on with Charlize. Uh, you know, it's funny. I think she went for 20 or 22 in each of the first two games. So it's not like she wasn't scoring a whole bunch. And yet um, it felt like she was kind of, you know, taking a little bit of a step back. And and I and I I wonder if that's, you know, deliberate in any way. Um, you know, both to try and maybe lighten the load on her just a little bit, but also like, you know, this is the time of year to try and, you know, bring along some of those other people, you know, you don't need, you know, Charlize to put up 30 shots or 25 shots, you know, to beat, um, San Jose state in Northern Arizona. So, um, you know, the, it seems like maybe they're trying to get, you know, contributions from other people, um, you know, developments, like you said, you know, Bella is, is, uh, you know, playing her ass off right now. Um, she's turning into the player, at least, you know, for the moment, uh, that we all kind of hope she could be, you know, we could see the potential, we could see, um, you know, how, uh, you know, athletic she is and, and, and how physical she can be. Um, you know, when she's not, you know, getting into foul trouble. And and as of right now, she's, she's finishing really well around the basket, which was sort of like, you know, the last big piece, right? You know, the, the number of, of bunnies that she missed last year would just make you want to, you know, bang your head through a wall. Um, You know, she's making most of those now um, and and looking really, really good while she does it. And so if she, um, you know, becomes a legitimate you know, scoring threat, legitimate post-scoring threat, a dependable post-scoring threat, um, you know, that, uh, that is the sort of thing that could really sort of change the trajectory um, of the team in general. So, uh, you know, very encouraged by that, you know, um, Ula Matuga, you know, seems like she has um, improved on her three-point shooting. That's really big, you know, just another person to spread the floor a little bit, um, you know, and shoot, you know, if you get, if you've got four shooters around Bella, um, you know, that creates some space uh, for her to operate. So, uh, you know, they kind of look like they picked up right where they left off. Um, and that's that's a real encouraging sign. And, you know, as you said, you know, there are reinforcements coming. Um, There's still a lot of fun, man. They're, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, uh, you know, to see if they can sort of continue to punch up uh, a little bit and maybe not, you know, stagnate. That That's going to be kind of the big thing. So, um, very interesting, very interesting. And they're, they're still, you know, super fun. One,
1: one thing I'd hope to see maybe in this non-conference is uh, to see Charlie's maybe get a few more minutes on the bench. Uh, she did play 37 against San or Northern Arizona. She played 33 against San Jose. Um, I'd like to see her get some like 30 or less minute games. Yeah, uh, nice. Same for her sister. Uh, you know, I, I feel like um, the way uh, Wallach plays, Tara Wallach plays. She mm-hmm. can handle the minutes. Uh, she's a big body, you know, like a you know a big strong uh, player, uh, big guard. She can handle the beating a little more, um, and she doesn't. You know, she's not handling the ball all the time, not as herky jerky. Yep. Um, I will say one thing that's been mega impressive of her is, is her uh, defensive ability. Uh, she's a lockdown defender and she can protect the rim because of her height. Uh, but she can also guard a guard. At, um, even though she's six, two, like she is impressive. And I think that will be kind of some hidden value with her. That's harder to see in the box score. Um, although she did have two blocks and a steal against, uh, Northern Arizona. So it's, you know, it's, uh, just, she's a very good defensive player. And I think that's why you're seeing her in the starting lineup. And, um, you know she might move to uh be a a great first person off the bench uh once Tedder gets back or she be you know maybe there's that there's going to be that much deeper and so i'm i'm very excited cuz right now uh they have a player that's probably going to be taking 10 to 15 shots a game that's not even playing right now so yep. it, you know it, and she she's getting some nice experience but it's very weird. I've never seen this situation with any WSU basketball athlete <laughs> where they're I mean, it's playing.
0: Probably, I would guess it's a COVID situation. Yeah. It's right? gotta where be some, right? something got pushed back that yeah. would have normally been another time of year. And so now they're, now they're doing it.
1: Yeah. I really, I guess I really wish she was here for that tournament that they're going to play. And in, in once like the Bahamas, yes. I think, um, yep. cause that's where they could really get some big wins. But they're going to have to do it without her. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, they'll have her back for the thick of conference play, and there's plenty of big fish to, to catch in that time. So, yeah, otherwise, you know, seeing some of the improvement from that we mentioned from other players, uh, I, I think they, they have a chance to, to match or exceed what they did last year, and that would be awesome. Um, so, yeah. Uh, with that man we're moving right along we're, we're crushing this. Um, yeah we so are let's let's do a uh, uh, a quick preview we're moving back to football. Um, we'll do a qu- quick preview of the University of Arizona Wildcats for this Friday matchup. normally we do like a half an hour I don't think we're gonna do a half an hour um, but uh, no I don't think so this is a pretty this is a big game. WSC wins; they clinch bowl eligibility, huge feat um, in this season. Something I didn't even expect. Even if things were all normal, honestly, um, if you if if none of the 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 Rolovich drama happened, I would have probably looked at the talent on the team and thought maybe five and seven. So, you know, the fact that they're already at five with the chance to get to seven or six, you know, or eight, like that's that's pretty exciting. So. Um, yeah, so look at Arizona. Uh, they're every bit as bad as you might think they are in many areas, particularly offensively. Um, it They uh, are 116th in EPA per pass um, and 110th in uh, passing success rate. Uh, so very bad. Of course, they are playing... Uh, a WSU team that is 120th in overall defensive su- success rate but is pretty good against the pass, 40th in EPA per pass, 77th in passing success rate um, They the one good thing is they do not have a dominating run game and that is what has hurt the WSU defense this year and we're, I do not yep. see that, them, that from Arizona so that is very positive
0: yep and uh, let's see. I'm just I'm looking up really quick to see what the weather's going to be on Friday. Maybe you've already looked at this.
1: I think well, earlier at I Pullman looked it's going to rain on Friday.
0: Overcast and 38 perfect. by game time. Excellent. Yeah, should that, be perfect for for those guys coming up from Tucson make it harder for him yeah i mean arizona's bad you know they've they've shown some life the last couple weeks um you know obviously they beat cal um and then uh you know last week they they gave utah a little bit of a run so um you know that that should you know hopefully you know i don't know i mean you can talk yourself into anything right but you know hopefully that'll give uh you know the Cougs you know the players uh, a little bit of a pause to say okay you know this isn't you know, Arizona is not just going to roll over for us and, um, you know, let us cakewalk to bowl eligibility. So, um, one thing I do know is that, you know, these Friday night games get weird. So uh, I'm hoping they maybe get weird in the, the direction of, uh, you know, Arizona WSU, you know, 2018 style, (laughs) you know, where uh, Arizona's offense is completely in our 2016 style. Um, and, and yeah. And, uh, and, and we go bonkers. So, um yeah so that's that's the hope that that's the hope
1: yeah um yeah I, it's just yeah they they've been able to obviously like you said show some life uh, one thing i think is good for wsu is senior night um you're gonna get some effort from guys and a lot of the key players on offense are are, are you know celebrating senior night so they're, they're gonna want to show out um so i you know hopefully you know they 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 see that goal of bowl eligibility right in front of them. And we know that means a ton to the players. It means way more to the players than it means to us. Yep. And, uh, to be able yes, to achieve that is, uh, I, I hope that's, that's enough motivation along with senior night and just to not look past Arizona. Um, and just from, you know, it just sounds like they know this is a big game for them and, yep. and, and, you know, they've, they lost to Utah State earlier. They, they've they've lost games that they probably thought they should have won. So maybe that that gives them focus. They've obviously been playing really well for uh, you know since that USC loss. Um, you know that Utah loss. Honestly, just a little bit of quarterback play would have been would have, would have made them look a lot better in that game. So I think they've just been improving. Um, you know, we didn't see I I didn't see much to deter that thinking against Oregon um obviously Arizona's uh, a several, several million notches below Oregon but uh it's yes. it, you know you hope there's no letdown after that big game in Eugene um but you know they've had some some big emotional games this year and then come back and won the next game and played really well in the next game so um I'm not sure if that'll matter to them like I'm not sure what can bother these guys because it sure doesn't seem like anything can bother these guys so so I I, uh, I I hope you can see them put a put a hurting on um, Arizona as they probably should. Um, Arizona typically does not play well up in Pullman when they have to come in yep. November. So yep. um, I, I'm not one to use history, but the last two times Arizona has played in, in WSU in November were uh, 69 to seven and 69 to 28. So. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, so go ahead and, and keep sending Arizona up here for December. Um, maybe, yes. maybe because uh, it's on Friday, we'll see more students there than would have been there if this Man, game was I on hope Saturday. So. I hope uh, so. I doubt re- it, but I hope I d- so. <laughs> I hope the students understand that this group of seniors deserves every bit of support for this game. The things that they have endured as a group Uh, Not all of them had to endure, uh, you know, losing a teammate to suicide. Uh, But they also all, you know, all these seniors lost uh, another teammate along the way. Uh, They've had a coach leave. They've had a coach be fired um, basically, you know, by through his own decision. Um, So this, they have endured a lot and they've won a lot of games along the way. And they deserve a lot of fucking praise. And I hope that a lot of people, if you're able, can make it to Pullman. And I hope if you're a student, you get off your ass, you know, make sure you get your packing done before or whatever, and and just go out and have fun in Martin Stadium one last time this year, because uh, you're not getting another one till till next season. So um, I, I hope I hope we can do it. But uh, let's let's do uh, let's do uh, w- since we didn't we didn't do much for preview, but I still think we should do the predictions. Sure, because uh, you know uh, I don't think either of us going to pick WCU to lose, so there will be no no idiot gifts this week. No, uh, but Jeff, give me your first half score.
0: All right, so I think WCU comes out of the gate hot. I'm thinking 24 to nothing. They just run right over them. They are going to put this to bed early. Uh, and make us, you know, we're going to be celebrating bowl eligibility almost right from the jump.
1: Hell yeah, I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm going to go maybe a little bit just because I think the field's going to be wet, a little bit wet, uh, a little bit sloppy, uh, because it's supposed to rain like all day before the game. Um, So maybe that'll create a little sloppiness. Uh, So uh, I think maybe uh, we go – I, I, I'm liking the shutout in the first half as well, so I'm going to go 17-0 first half. And you had oh, 24-0, right? So, 24-0. 24-0 going in the second half. How does it finish for you?
0: Second half, I think, you know, slows down a little bit. Tough for a team to maintain that all the way through. Uh, I'm going to say we get a couple more touchdowns and that Arizona gets a couple touchdowns, and I'm going to go uh, 38-14 to WSU.
1: 38-14, Cougs. Jeff's picking them to cover by a lot. By um, a lot. So, yeah. I'm, so, I had 17. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I could see a, a couple Arizona touchdowns in the second half. Uh, but I, I see a couple WSU touchdowns. So, um, let's go uh, WSU uh, 31, Arizona State 14 to finish it out. Um, Bull eligibility secured. Happy Senior Day for everyone! Go Cougs! And yeah. Craig is happy and Pullman uh, yes. celebrating with everyone, and and uh, we get to do the sixth picture with with Britain and Brian, and and uh, get to maybe drink double Pendletons in celebration, Hell yeah, and maybe record another Brain Center. Uh, that would all be great. Yeah. Um Yeah. So, wow, we hour fifteen. That is impressive, Jeff. To it is.
0: Do we? But by the way, we didn't answer any of, of the questions. Do we? Oh, I know. That's what questions? I'm saying we.
1: we okay. We, we're we're like, I'm sorry, uh, Rochelle. I mean, we're cruising. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rochelle. I, yeah. Unless we really get into these questions, I don't think we're going to make it to two and a half hours. No, no, we're not going to get that. Also, Jeff's I don't going to make it to two and a half hours, um, <laughs> I will pass. Jeff out. and I recorded. You'll we'll You'll just hear a
0: thump and that'll be my head hitting the keyboard. And you'll be like, Jeff, we have children.
1: We don't have time to do this around dinner time. Um, (laughs) So let me go through. I'll just go through them in uh, chronological order. I'll go down. Yeah. Um, So uh, let's see. Um, uh, Very first one, I think, is from. Well, there's three of them in there from Adam Davis at Adam Davis. Um, first question, the great one. We were actually discussing the slack. Where will Borgie end up transfer or pro? Uh,
0: I'm not sure to be honest. Um, I, I think his desire would be to go pro, but I, based on what I've seen this year, I don't think he looks like an NFL player right now. Um, so I don't know, maybe he, you know, goes to a place that he feels like will, um, you know, showcase his ability better. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe transfers to Michigan or Mississippi state or something, right. Where he goes and catches a bunch of balls. I don't know. Uh, if I were to, I, I guess I would say 50, 50, um, you know, if he gets a favorable evaluation, you know, maybe he, he does try his hand at the NFL, but, um, I don't know. It wouldn't shock me either. If he, you know, just decided he wanted to, you know, play football somewhere else for a year. And, and I wouldn't begrudge him that at all.
1: Yeah, um, and let's not forget this is another coaching change. Uh, you, you'll see players transfer uh, in that. Um, so yeah, I, I think I would probably lean him uh, transferring. I'm sure he'll be in high demand on the transfer market. Yeah. Um, another guy, honestly, that I could see doing that is Trevor Harris too. Um, yeah. You know, he's being celebrated in senior day, so it looks like he's on his way out. So he could he he's got a super senior year left too. Um, I could see him doing that. So if you're going to ask me, um, gun to my head, I'm going to say, my guess would be that Borghi is transferring to another school. Yeah. Um, (laughs) this is a deep one that I'm not going to go too much into, but what coaches do you each want to be WSU's head coach? I want Nick Saban to be WSU's head coach. Yeah,
0: I know. My keyword there was want. Um, I don't know. I mean, who would be... Who would be like maximum fun? Um, who's who's the crazy guy who never punts? I can never remember his name. But the crazy guy never who never punts and always kick. onside kicks? Yeah, I want that guy. Maximum fun.
1: Kevin Kelly. There we go. That's the guy I want. Presbyterian College. How's, yes. how's Presbyterian College on this season? They kick ass. <laughs> Presbyterian right? College football. Let's see. Uh, they've been losing a lot, but man, these no. games look exciting. How bad? Let's see. Okay, they um, <laughs> they lost to Campbell seventy-two zip. they they have lost bad. sixty-three. Okay, they won two games: eighty-four to 43, 68 to three. I think those from lower division teams. Uh, they're like teams: uh, sixty-three to forty-three. They lost to Dayton. 70 to 35 to Davidson, 38 to 30 Presbyterian, low scoring affair there. 69 to 28 to San Diego, 56 to 14 to uh Stetson, uh Valparaiso, 65 to 55, Marist, 5732. Also, here's the thing I don't know how good Presbyterian was before. True. Um you know, maybe they sucked anyway. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> uh so maybe he's just uh hasn't doesn't have the players who knows uh let's see what they do in uh 2019 let's look two and i ten. do
0: know by the way i do know that um they do have the coolest nickname they are the blue hose
1: yeah the
0: blue hose like is that like blue socks
1: yeah i is think so because like they have like this like uh kind of uh what do you call it the uh uh, kind of like they have this like pattern looks like a sock pattern uh yeah but they um i don't know they they have a history of being pretty bad i don't I don't know but yeah hell yeah let's do that let's just be weird let's know? just be weird be the weirdest team ever i am or, totally down with being weird or hire nick saban i don't know let's do either either now. way
0: yeah i mean if if he's available i guess i'd take him yeah all right
1: could Nick Next Saban one. win in Pullman? I think so. Um, let's see. Uh, crap. I've been. I've been. You know. Uh, okay. So, uh, would you? Okay. Hold on. Oh, his the, the last one from Adam Adam Davis? I know. Which senior three highlight do you remember? Which of, of Jeez, all the seniors? I think greedy. what he means is of all the seniors, which senior highlight do you remember the most, and why is it Woods sack of Darnold? Yes, yeah. that's a big memory. Yes. Um. Max Borgie, uh, shaking, uh, Travis Dye's older brother. What was his name? Uh, Uh, I don't remember. To go up like 20. Yeah. I just remember he made him cry. I think think it was to go up, uh, 21, nothing or 28, nothing in the first half. Um, and made him cry. That's a big memory of Borgie. Also Borgie, obviously the game winning against Oregon State, uh, yeah. Jihad. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think those are probably be um, the
0: Trevell had, he was in that USC game in 2017, right? Where the ball just got Travelle... thrown up to him and he got that huge catch. Is that, am I thinking of the right game? Or am I thinking of a different game? I don't
1: game? think Trevel was on. I'm the trying to remember Travel
0: had Travel did have a game where he, maybe it was 2018 and maybe it was Gardner Minshew Yes, um, it was Gardner Minshew. Um, yeah, game and he jumped set. up and, and won a 50-50 ball. Maybe against Utah? Maybe that was it. I'm trying to remember. Anyway, I rem- I just remember that catch because it was a really, really important catch. And it was a 50-50 yeah, he ball. he redshirted and, it in 2017. so Yeah, so went into, okay, so that's what it was. It was 2018. And again, like I said, I don't remember exactly what game it was. But I, I distinctly remember the catch, and I remember it was a big deal. The details are fuzzy
1: but the details are fuzzy. I'm trying to, yeah, it, it has, would have been a cl- It was an important close happen. game. Yeah. And it was so like, maybe uh, it was Utah.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, anyway, damn. damn now you got yeah. me thinking too. I know. Uh, let's see. Um, I remember Abe Lucas just being a badass. Um, uh, I remember Liam Ryan for being Liam Ryan. So that's good. Uh, who else am I forgetting? Uh Justice Rogers uh found some hands this year, so that's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds um, of
0: good stuff out
1: there. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I think definitely jihad's strip sack and a couple max plays, probably yeah. the, you know, of all the guys. Yeah, I uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, Travell Harris's um uh that clinching touchdown against Oregon State last year. Yes uh, off that run, that was pretty memorable yep. too. Yep. Yeah. Um, so next question, Emma Waitman, a friend of the pod, also yes. writer on Cook Center. How yes. fun is it to hang out with my dad? Follow up question: How bad do you think my FOMO is right now? Uh, so her dad is going to Pullman and this weekend. Yes. So I'm sure I'll see her dad, Casey. And yeah. uh he, Casey's super fun to hang out with. Um, the follow up question: I think your FOMO is at as high as it can be. Yes. Um, cause I've been seeing some of your comments. Wow. I think you're FOMO and hard Emma. I know her FOMO Massive is FOMO. high
0: because mine is so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be I good am very weekend.
0: disappointed right now. Extremely disappointed. Well, I don't I even get, a- I, I didn't mention this. I don't even get to watch the game on Friday night cause I'm going to be at mean girls at the Paramount. So,
1: well, you can skip that. <sighs> I have, I have an extra ticket for the football game. So
0: I think well the football game starts at six, right? So mm-hmm. I'll probably get to sneak a couple of peeks at it, but we're going to be at dinner with friends, and they are not going to be very nice if I'm staring at my phone. So I'm going to have to. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Not like now. going
1: to your to dinner with your dad, where you could. Yeah, do that no,
0: longer. my dad would be like, yeah, just set your phone up over there; it'll be fine. Or we'll find a bar. Uh, that is not going to be not going to be the case here. They're already talking about you know trying to go to the cheesecake factory, and I'm like, damn it.
1: Well, while they're, while they're taking 35 minutes to flip through all those pages of the menu, <laughs> you can pop yeah, your phone out just inside the menu.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, I'm looking at the menu.
1: yeah <laughs> like the chicken Madeira. It's good. And then, yeah. and then yeah. but act like you're flipping through, but you'll just yeah, yeah. You'll be, like, yeah. be like, fuck. <laughs> like, Jeff, what? Like, oh, they don't have my favorite thing that they used to have. Yeah, I don't, this I'm thing's so not gluten free.
0: I can't have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. But yeah, Jeff, it's
1: know. gonna be a great weekend, man. It is. Uh, it is. Thursday it is. night watching the the hoops game with know. you know our favorite Idaho alum. God and then it. uh and then, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna check out what Moscow has to offer on Thursday yeah. night. Very excited about that. Uh yeah, you're gonna have the mayor Friday. of
0: Moscow to show you around there.
1: Yep, exactly. And then Friday, uh, you know, ch- uh, going to the Coug early, setting up, watching, may not even leave there. Man, Who knows? You got to knows? Gotta I may stop. just stay there the whole you're damn making day. Me feel, you're making me feel bad. And, you know, All right, watching, next question. Watching a soccer game and then going, watching the Cougs, then going out after that. Damn it, Craig. Oh, man, Craig. what a weekend. Then stopping you. at Pretty Fair Beer on the way home. It's going to be great. I mean, you you're know, not missing you know a what, damn Craig, thing is what I mean. Fuck you. <laughs> That's it all right next so, question uh jeff probably at pod versus everyone asks: is this episode going to be three hours i don't know Jeff. no the answer is know. no okay um uh kylan robinson at kylan you got at kylan How, when did you join twitter what the hell yeah, no kidding like december 2006 that makes sense there nice well done well done Good early job. adopter you get your first name. That is a great job, Kylan. Would you ever seriously consider to Pullman? I have. And so, yes. And I know you have too, Jeff. <laughs> ever so, seriously consider what? Moving to Pullman.
0: Oh, moving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about it every once in a while.
1: Um, and I work from home, so I could definitely work from Pullman. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it would just be a matter of my fiance finding a, a nurse practitioner job somewhere. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Uh, which, which is definitely a possibility. Um, yeah. so yeah, definitely considered it. Um, but I think that would le- lessen the likelihood that my daughter would go to WSU cause he wants to, you know, part of the allure of WSU is getting far away from the parents, but, uh, seems
0: like it, it was uh, for me. So
1: maybe, so maybe I'll have to hold off until after she graduates. Um, or they, there's two of them. <laughs> uh oh uh dave said no it won't be three hours because of beer uh yes that's a good point because i would definitely have to pee in in that amount of time um so nate doll asked thoughts on this i think this is uh for both of us but uh so during the um men's basketball game against uh i think it was it was the second one so seattle 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 u or maybe it was the first i don't remember um so that there was these uh students who had put um hi to their professor i'm skipping class or whatever (laughs) and so i commented on twitter i said you know you know i sure never skipped class for wc basketball
0: that was the first game right because the game was the first game noon yeah
1: yeah of course so yeah it was the the first game so Yeah. yeah uh so um so i commented that and then obviously one of their friends probably showed them that um yeah. so the next they had like they started putting hi craig powers we are having fun and so they put that on the um uh, on 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 their on their phones which i got a kick out of you know i sent that pic to some friends and you know they always like to say craig you're you're mildly famous and i always like to Point out to him how I am, yes, mildly famous, uh, but so, uh, so, uh, yeah. I thought that was really fun, and then someone commented, "Oh, you should buy these kids beers the next time you're in in uh, in Pullman." And I said, "Heck yeah!" And and then um, the next time they put up their phone, it said, "See you at the Coog, Craig." And so, yeah, uh, I don't know if Nate, if you're one of them, uh, Nate Doll at Doll N underscore two. Um, yeah, I'm going to be at the Coug on Saturday, uh, during the day, probably late as well. Um, you know, if you see me, you know, prove to me it's you and, uh, you maybe I'll buy you a beer. So maybe. that's my thoughts on it. My thought is that it was super fun. Um, it was, uh, it was, it, it, my friends got a kick out of it. Uh, even Amanda had to acquiesce and, and, yeah. and say it was funny. Uh, that was so. great.
0: Totally yeah. great, absolutely.
1: Now, Jeff, are, are you are you getting FOMO that your name wasn't on the phone? Uh,
0: a little, a little.
1: <laughs> a All little right, bit. So you know it's
0: it's it's definitely hard being the less popular and less handsome part of this show. So, but you
1: know we make do. I'm sure Sarah do. would disagree with your. Second yeah,
0: maybe, partner, and was... and as we know, you and I are turning into the same person. So maybe that means I'm yeah getting more handsome like you and. Maybe I'm getting taller and, you know.
1: Well, maybe you are. Or maybe I'm getting shorter, which is more likely. Yeah, probably. Um, so okay. next question. Over, under on the Cougs signing eight recruits to the 2021-22 20, recruiting class. I'm going to go over. over on that one. Way over. I think over. we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, whoever,
0: what? whoever – I mean, look, the early signing days in December, chances are good that that signing day – you might have like half a dozen or eight kids. Um, but then at the regular signing day in February, you, they'll, they'll fill out the rest of the class. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It'll sure. happen. It may not be a great class, but it'll no,
0: happen. but I mean, you know, it all depends on who you hire. I mean, I, I do think that there's, um, you don't have to go too far on this tangent, but you know, you know, you can point to Mike Leach's first class and go, you know, there were quite a few talented kids in there. Now it's a little bit different because, back then there was not the early signing period. So, um, I presume that has at least a little something to do with all the coaches who have gotten fired. Obviously not our coach. That was different situation. But when you look at, you know, other coaches who've gotten fired, you know, Jimmy Lake, which again, uh, you know, that's a little different situation, but if the team didn't suck, you know, he's probably still coaching. Um, you know, Fuentes at Virginia tech got fired like today or yesterday Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. Um, you know, there's, there's all these people getting fired. I assume it has at least some to do with wanting to get a coach, um, in place as soon as possible after the end of the year to try and salvage a recruiting class. Um, so I, you know, I think it depends on who we hire when we get them, you know, if if they're in place, you know, by the end of the regular season, you know, here, like in a couple of weeks, then, you know, great, but uh, that's tough, you know, if, especially if, you know, if you're trying to hire somebody who's, who's still coaching, Um, you know, it's a tough deal. And if, if you get, you know, if you don't get somebody in place until the beginning of December, they've got a couple weeks at that point. I think, I think your best case scenario right now is that whoever they do hire, um, is able to hang on to, you know, the eight or so kids that they do have committed, who seem to be pretty good. Most of them. Um, so, you know, I I think that would sort of be, Uh, sort of be best case scenario. We know that, you know, Dickert's, uh, out there recruiting right now. Um, you know, I presume that, you know, he's making contact with kids telling them, you know, Hey, he's at least got a shot at the job. Um, you know, I mean, I don't hate him doing that. That's fine. Uh, but you know, it's, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how it plays out for a school like ours, um, to be trying to kind of pick up scraps heading into that late signing day. Um, when, you know, so many kids have already signed. But it'll definitely be more than eight. It's not gonna be eight. It'll yeah. be yeah. it'll be twenty plus for sure. And then you know, and they and they may also go, you know, not to keep rambling on, but um, you know, transfer portal is probably gonna come into play, you know, pretty heavily.
1: Heavily. Imagine. Yeah, heavily. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. I would not be surprised to see that hit double digits. Yeah, uh, that'd be a lot, but it, it wouldn't shock me either. Just go the full like uh Wayne Tickle route, but in football. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you here, just replace every graduated senior with another senior. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll just, that's all we'll do
0: every year. We'll just have more seniors.
1: So Gary Payton, the second Stan account at WSU Brady 27 says, you win the lottery lump sum or yearly payout.
0: I think you make more in the long run on a lump sum, right? Like, take yeah. the lump sum, take the tax hit, start investing it right away. Your returns are going to be bigger down the line than they would have been if you just take the the yearly payout. I mean, the yearly payout's nice, you know. You just kind of go, oh, you know, my check arrived. But uh, if we're trying to maximize yeah. our dollars, which I, which I, I think, would be I trying think it,
1: to do, I think it matters like what the total is here too, um, and what you the know, tax cut is. Yeah. Well, I mean, just cause, like if it's like a million dollars, like. Uh, you know, if you do the, the payout, you're getting what, like, uh, so it's 20 years. I, how, how many, how much is that every year? Like 50,000 or something. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it, I actually, I I was going to say maybe you just take the payout, but yeah, you could probably do way better with that $600,000 after taxes or whatever, you know, 650 after taxes. Um, then, then whatever, you know, you, you get a good accountant and they'll figure it out for you and you'll turn that into many more yeah. than a million dollars. So yeah, always take the lump sum, do it. Yep. That's um, what I'm thinking. You know, uh, let's see. I I have a lot of, uh, uh, mentions cause I, I tweeted out a little, uh, tweet about, uh, in response to max, which I'll talk about after we do this, but, uh, um, do you have, Okay. Pumpkin, I don't know. So I, I'm pretty sure we've met in real life. I I can't. I don't know how to say your last name, but I think it's like Stess or Stos. Pumpkin Stos latte, Totes mixed Stos or mixed Stess. Um, do you have a special beer set a al- set aside to be only to only be consumed following an apple cup victory? Uh, yes, in fact, I do. Um, I have a 2012 Fremont Bourbon Abominable. Um, I have not had it since then. Uh, it was from a seller sale from a now defunct beer shop, the beer shop in Yakima that my friend Kalen, uh, he picked it up for me. Um, you know, I asked him, Hey, could you pick me this up? And he did. And I think that was about in like 2016 or so. So I've had it since then. Um, so it's a 2012 B bomb. Uh, you know, it's a it's a 2012 being the last year that WSU uh beat uh Washington. So I, I thought, you know, I've I've been saving that now. Once that uh losing streak uh got pretty bad, I, I was just like now, you know, I've i I knew I know I have this beer. It's a Seattle beer, it's a it's a brewery that's pretty close to UW. Um, -hmm. um, I actually walked to Fremont to have bourbon abominable on the release day, uh, after the 2015 apple cup loss, we just walked all the way to Fremont Brewing. Um, so I, you know, all that, like, uh, so there's a lot of meaning there. And so, yeah, 2012 being the last year we won. Um, So that beer is probably just tasting worse and worse and a lot like cardboard (laughs) at this point. It's oxidized, I'm sure. Um, But it will taste amazing when WSU finally wins the Apple Cup. Please let it be this year. Um, Nine years is a long time for that beer to sit around. Um, But, uh, uh, yeah, so that's that's my beer I'm saving. I am saving a specific beer to be consumed following Apple Cup victory. It is a 2012 Fremont Bourbon Abominable. Jeff, do you have one? So...
0: I, you know, I don't think I have one that's like specifically set aside. Um, I do have a number of beers in the fridge that I might, you know, like go, oh yeah, this is the one I want to celebrate with. But here's the thing. I'm not going to be at home watching the apple cup this year. I am going to venture out of my home during the apple cup to watch somewhere. Now we've got, we've got some friends who, um, who we met through our children as adults often do. Um, and they've moved out here from Missouri a couple of years, two, three years ago. Um, and so the mom has recently graduated from UW. I think it might be UW Tacoma, but recently graduated from UW, uh, with a, with a teaching certificate. She's a new teacher. Um, they're, they're awesome. We love them to death. And so they are, um, you know, so she's sorta, she, she texted us and goes, um, Hey, do any of you all wanna go to the Washington, Washington State game? And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) I'm just like, oh no. You know, number one, no, no, I don't wanna go. Number two, like, you know, she's so new to this thing, like, um, she doesn't realize it's called the Apple Cup and and also, you know, has no idea about my, you know, my perpetual trauma over this game. And um, so it was a very sweet request and I'm like, okay, so, you know, how do I politely answer this? So the way that what we finally settled on was instead of going actually going to the game, um, we go to Seattle and and watch the game somewhere at a bar. So I've got a couple of ideas um, of where we might go. I'm not going to take her to the Marco Polo because that would be that would probably be hostile. But uh, but I've got I've got some ideas um, of where we might end up. Um, The Roanoke is definitely on the list. Might think about that. Um, So I think that's the idea is we're going to go somewhere, watch the game. So I will be having beer all afternoon. Um, so what I will say is that probably what will happen is if some, for some reason we actually win the game, uh, there will probably be like fireball shots consumed. That'd be my guess is that it'll be, it'll be fireball shots around and and I'll be stumbling on out of that bar with uh, a smile on my face and cinnamon on my breath would be my guess.
1: Very good. Um, so, uh, next question from Marcus Paul Burns at MBP. P the three big time listener of the podcast. We get lots of yes. stuff from you, man. um Is Fa in the NBA, Pullman, or God forbid, somewhere else next year? Pullman. Yeah, Pullman. so I'm, I don't. I'm,
0: I don't I'm, think. So. I don't think he's ready for the NBA yet. But not not yeah, that that I'm, actually is the standard. But you know, I'm I. I don't know, yeah, man. I'm I need not to, I would him- need to see a more advanced offensive game.
1: Yeah, I think his struggles offensively towards the end of the last season took him off a lot of future draft boards, and I haven't seen him on as many this year. Um, yep. So uh, I, I think, yeah, he's got some offensive game to improve. Um, also, him having a little knee thing probably yes. scares teams off a bit. Yep. Um, he probably needs to get through a whole season, you know, without any injuries. Um, yep. Uh, definitely. Uh, the health history is a big time um thing that these teams look at because you pay these rookie contracts are pretty big yep. and uh all that so um so yeah my i would lean towards pullman which would be yeah. good for us <laughs> so. i
0: mean like a lot of things it just it all depends on what he wants right you know he can he can certainly turn pro i mean he could he, he could turn pro right now and he go to play. your and places, go dunk yeah. on people in Europe like he could play right now in many professional leagues uh, around this planet. If if his goal is to play in the NBA, um, you know, yeah, he could still turn I, pro at the end of this year and maybe ends up in the G also, league and,
1: you know. I th- I think it says something that he didn't make the Nigerian team, too. Yes. Um, yep. There's some NBA guys on there and there's some not NBA guys on there. Obviously, Ike Oregbue yep. is on there and he, he's. Yep. You know, he's a good, uh, you know. Good
0: European player. European
1: but. player, but he's, you know, he's not an NBA player. But so, you no. know, that that maybe says something. Also, you know, it sounds like he learned a lot there and, and it was yep. good competition for him. So, you know, you know, he hasn't still, before he came to Pullman, he had not played much basketball in a couple years because of nope. his injuries. So he's still getting a feel for a lot of things. And, um, you know, I think it'd be... Good for both of us if if he if he plays yes. another year in Pullman, honestly. Yep. Um, so I
0: think that that's where I would put if I was putting my money down, that's where I'd put it. That he'd be back.
1: All right. Again, Rochelle. No two and a half hour episode. Although we're nope. we're putting in some time for you, so nope. it's all right. Listen to Block Party. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, There's more uh, questions. Yeah, there are more. Um, Yeah, let's go. So Garrett Foster at G Foster Fit says, what is more likely to happen in the next 10 years? Men's basketball Final Four, football Rose Bowl win, women's soccer national title, women's basketball lead eight or volleyball lead eight. What I want to do with this is let's just eliminate the ones that you think are the least likely right off the top. And my my least likely one is the football Rose Bowl win in the next 10 years. Yeah.
0: Yeah 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 i think so i think you're probably right
1: um so because wsu even in the, the leachers didn't have a team that was good enough to get to even the pac 12 north title game right and then didn't have it and then i you know to then beat the team they would play in the rose bowl which would be a very good team uh, right it, it, so that it's a it's a long shot i'm gonna say that one's the biggest long shot Think followed probably by right. probably the men's basketball final four. <laughs> yeah. For- I, mm, I don't know, man. Teams team, you know,
0: you only got to win four games and I mean, and it happens.
1: Yeah. But you know, I, I'm saying the least likely of these ones. And, and the reason I put it as more likelihood, the women's soccer national title is because the, the talent that the women's soccer team is bringing in and then the results that they've already showed as a program yeah because if you're going for what is the men's basketball team done in recent time to then go to a final four would be quite a leap but it would be but we're talking 10 years talking 10 years is 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 building rosters that are more talented than their team that went to the final four yes that is true
0: um I would put women's basketball elite eight before uh, below a men's basketball final four,
1: because That's
0: probably fair. Yeah. women's basketball is the the talent distribution is just different. That's pretty um, fair, and you don't get it's just very it's very tough to to but, it, but jump up into that tier. To the, so.
1: to, you can get to the elite eight without playing one of those like top eight programs.
0: Yeah. It would have right. to kind of fall kind of right for you, but that's a tough deal. I mean, you're not so you're not going to get to the elite eight without playing one of the top eight. You're going to play one of them probably, right? Because you're you're talking you need to get through a one and a two seed or what? Sorry, a one or a two seed to get not. to the elite eight. Not both, but you'd have to get through one of them to get to the elite. Eight.
1: So, what if you know. yourself are a two seed?
0: I guess that's true. Do you think they're going to be a two seed <laughs> in the, uh, in the next as 10 likely years as,
1: as like a <laughs> WSU team being a, a men's team being a one seed? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah it's true.
1: Um, um, so, but, yeah. I, but, but all this is roundabout right about way I say, I think volleyball elite is the most likely. Yeah, that's one, what I was going to say. One, I've seen volleyball elite happen the year before yep. I went to WSU. Yep. And two, they've been to the sweet 16. So they yep. really, that's only one more win. Yep. And yep.
0: Entirely possible. And
1: and and like Jen's had several teams that were good enough to get to the elite eight, yeah. So I, I think that that is far and away the most likely one. Yep, I agree. I Uh, agree. Yeah, I. I, uh, That women's soccer national title would be fantastic. Um, So the final four. Yes, it would. Um. So uh, I'm gonna save this one for last. The UW drama one. Um, Okay. (laughs) Uh, my boy jake yeah uh we can we can uh maybe we can uh and then we'll follow that up with uh devin's question there yeah um so one thing let's go back to the beer here from at mr zickler yes uh what was the best fresh hot beer you each consumed this fall
0: so for me i've got two because I, I saw that question. And so I went back through my, uh, went back through my untapped here to try to figure out what, I, what I did. Um, I would say that the Terraformation V five fresh by sig brewing was spectacular. Um, so that was one. And then the other one, I would say the homegrown beer, number eight, fresh hop IPA from Bailbreaker was really, really, really good as well. Um, So those were the two. There's one other one too. That was really good. Let's see. Uh, Oh, the varietal. Everything is blossom. That one was really good also. So I don't know. Those three were all really, really good. They're like children. I can't pick my favorite. They were all excellent.
1: So my favorite one, several years running at this point has been, uh, the fresh hop Keller beer that Holy mountain or that varietal brews in, in collaboration with Holy mountain. Mm. Um, what what is the name uh what is it called so actually uh my friend rochelle gave it to me at the uh stanford game so i was able to drink it at halftime so it's the only time i got it um it is delicious um obviously i I talked about my affinity for um non-ipa beers and uh you know non-ipa fresh hot beers and uh well and non-ipa beers in general um but um it, it it's every, I've had it. They've they've made Hopfen Keller, um, so they've they've made it. Uh, I think uh, three or four years in a row. Well, ever since Varietal came out, uh, it's just like a you know a wet hop lager, and it's delicious. It is is so tasty. Um, yeah, so I that that would be my favorite. Had a lot of other good ones too. Um, I think breweries are getting really good at this. Uh, before you might see a lot of them just kind of dump hops into like a really light base beer and it, and it would be like over hopped with fresh hops. And I think they've realized that, um, you don't, the fresh hop doesn't have to be the only hop in there. So you're not getting as many like vegetal beers anymore. They're really like taking the good parts of the fresh hop beer with avoiding the bad parts with is like basically like you're eating a plant type stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really good. Um, but yeah, Good uh, Hoffman Keller for me. And, and you, you had a, you had a, you had the, uh, formation and, uh, um, yeah. that was the other one the, the bailbreaker homegrown one. So
0: yeah, the bailbreaker homegrown one was awesome.
1: All right. So, uh, Jake Nelson at Jake Nelson, 77 says, I know you both want My to man talk about, UW, about the UW drama. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. You know, it's so, uh, it's somehow we
0: had the least embarrassing coach firing story of the year.
1: So of the two, it here's what it is. Like, obviously you dub was wanting to fire this dude, Jimmy Lake. Yes. Um, yes. And then, you know, he got caught on camera shoving and, and, you know, swinging at one of his players, you know, however you want to interpret the severity of that, whatever. Still, there was enough of, you know, a response to it to the point where you dub was forced to respond to it. And, uh, you know, he was suspended. And then at that point, it's like, how it's kind of weird. You're thinking, how does he come back from that? And he didn't, (laughs) they fired him. Um, interesting enough, they, they just didn't even bother seeking cause. You know, it's, you know, there was another story released of him, uh, uh, you know, shoving, a player up against a, a locker in um, at halftime of a game two years ago. Uh, at that point, I was like, oh, UW must have leaked this. So they're just trying to get, co- so, you know, trying to build cause so they can uh, get out of this altogether. But nope. They just wanted Lake out of there. <laughs> and you I just know, think could... it
0: turns out that there are a lot of players that didn't like him.
1: Yeah, there you go. I
0: mean, I think that's the isn't that the simplest explanation here, that yeah. there are just a lot of players that don't like him, and they the probably were. Class, the recruiting class sucks. Yeah, like maybe he's just an asshole that nobody likes, right?
1: Yeah, and and you know he, I'm sorry, but his like behavior as a as a coordinator would not dissuade me from that. Like he was like running his mouth all the time, and like it, it's just. And not in like any sort of like fun way. It was just like, just like this arrogance of like, oh, congrats, you can stop a team that passes the ball all the time. Like, good job. Like it's just it's it's. uh And I don't know. Like it's, yeah, it, maybe, you know, this kind of controversy surrounding, you know, him shoving the player it enabled some of the. You know, once UW started talking to the players on the team, you know, the the official, you know, the, the athletic department, maybe they learned more about players were able, maybe felt more comfortable voicing their opinion. And then, yeah, when you look at their recruiting, um, they, uh, let's see, where are they at right now? Team rankings, Pac-12. So, yeah, they're sitting at seventh in the conference um right now 10 commits uh you know three four stars that's pretty good but um yeah you know u-dub expects to be in the top three of the yep. the conference and recruiting of the conference for um, sure. top top uh top 25 top 20 uh nationally um so yeah we, yeah i you know good on them they're just like i'm bummed i wish they just kept him around you know like yep um but uh they made what looks like a pretty good decision uh and that gives them more time to figure out their next coach uh but man way to go jimmy you had the best (laughs) thing and you (laughs) fucked it up
0: i love it i absolutely love it i you know i think you know we've talked about this before where you know jimmy lake uh you know sure talked an awful big game for a guy who did really nothing in his career of note outside of whatever he was hitched to uh chris peterson and uh you know somebody reminded me on twitter He's a of the, co-defensive the mike, coordinator yeah somebody reminded me on twitter of mike leach's quote that was like man i don't even know who that guy is i, I always assumed the guy calling the plays was pete Kwiatkowski right. who was, uh, you know, his, who was Peterson's longtime defensive coordinator at, um, you know, Boise, Jimmy Lake, you know, basically ascended up the ladder by, it seems like being a good talker and convincing people that he was really the brains behind the operation and then getting, you know, a title slapped on him of, you know, uh, he got to be defensive coordinator. I think he also got to be associate head coach if I remember right. Um, you know to not leave basically you know there were reports he's being courted by nick saban and all this stuff and so they elevate him to sole defensive coordinator essentially demote quickkowski which um you know if i'm Quitkowski, i'm like well then fuck you guys and i leave he didn't so obviously you know chris peterson must have you know smoothed that over quite yeah. a bit but eventually quickkowski left and um went to went to texas which you know that's not going great either but you know it's like i uh, you know it's it, it just like jimmy lake sure looks like a guy who has uh you know it's, it's sort of like the emperor has no clothes situation he looks like a guy who you know you put him out there on his own and all of a sudden he uh he he really has has really not a lot going for him um and, and i'm sure he'll end up on you know nick saban's staff here at some point and rehab his image and then uh you know go on and get another head coaching job I'm i'm sure that'll happen and you know, whatever. But in the meantime, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna revel in the Freud and um, just enjoy the fact that, you know, Washington fans are miserable um, and that they're already making excuses for a potential Apple cup loss, which, you know, that they, they, they tend to do this so that there's no, uh, there's no way they can lose. Right. If, if they make a whole bunch of excuses in the week leading up to it and they lose, then, well, we thought we were going to lose anyway. Uh, if they make a whole bunch of excuses and then they end up winning, it's like, ha ha, you guys suck. And that's, that's how it'll go. So, you know, in the meantime, I'm just I'm just gonna laugh at him and and enjoy uh, enjoy the fact that their programs in, sh- uh, in shambles at the moment.
1: Heck yeah! And so, uh, follow up to that from Devin Lewis at Devin Lewis 89, brighter future, roller or lake, double clown emojis. Um, yes, I mean I'm gonna go with lake. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I think he'll do something
0: pr- to rehab his image. And he'll yeah, get I think, shot. I, think he, I don't he know that a, Rolovich will.
1: Yeah, he, Rolovich has a much bigger hill to climb there. Um,
0: and Lake's a good talker. Like, don't underestimate that with an administrator, right? And, you know, he got that job presume, presumably because Chris Peterson blessed it, right? And if mm-hmm. Chris Peterson blessed it once, Chris Peterson will probably well, they've bless it again. Um,
1: so. uh, Cohen has already said she'd... Uh, be uh, uh Chris Pierce would be an advisor to their, yeah, basically
0: person. consulting him, right?
1: Oh, so you're gonna trust the guy that told you to take Jimmy, okay. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think Lake will, will be better off. Um, so yeah, that's I think that's all the questions, I think we got them all. Yeah, um, I think we got them all. A couple more things on senior, real quick. So, I, so, uh, uh, Max said he's so his confirms this is last season Pullman. I've been here for like 12 years. I'm ready to move on. Um, You know, I tweeted a lot of WSU Pullman alums feel that way at first and they're working some job and can't go to the Cougar Valhalla for a cheeky lunch and they get sad. This leads them to drop $800 on a hotel for a football weekend where they are the happiest they've been in years. And exactly, Max, like, you know, that I've there's been a lot of positive feedback from that tweet, a lot of engagement with it uh a lot of WSU fans like or you know alums that went to Pullman like no this is the fact like you you're you're gonna miss it you're gonna miss that college life you're gonna miss that college town life um maybe not if you're playing the NFL or whatever but I still think there'll be days when you're uh you're like I wish I was just with my boys and in my in my uh, house and we were just playing video games or whatever um yeah there's there's nothing like it um You'll you'll you want to get back, and, and a lot of players do. Clay Thompson loves getting back, and who has a better life than Clay Thompson, honestly? <laughs> like, it's true, um, and he loves coming back to Pullman. Yeah, um, it's true. So, uh, yeah, sorry, Max. I, I think you'll reconsider that later. Although, to be fair to him, he's a there's been pretty tumultuous times since yep. he's been here. Um, yeah. Uh, so maybe his memories won't be quite as fond as maybe ours are, but. Um, And then another thing I saw that uh, uh, Colton Clark of the spokesman had said that, uh, um, so someone asked Dicker about the list of the players not listed for senior night, and if they're returning, and he said, I think that's where we stand. Um, So uh, on an article reported that Jalen Watson would likely be staying here for another year, um, and Pullman is what Colton meant um jalen tweeted fake news on that article uh so maybe jalen ain't staying i don't know maybe he's just like no senior night and he's gonna bail out i guess I do yeah maybe he just didn't want know. a senior night i don't know yeah i don't know um, i don't know maybe should, he does move
0: you know all these guys man if they move on more power to them good luck yeah. you know have a nice i mean this can sound terrible have a nice life i don't i don't mean that in bad way no, i just mean legitimately
1: have a nice legitimately
0: life. I hope your life is awesome and I hope you you know have to find joy in whatever it is you do next like I I really mean that so
1: yeah well and with that we didn't we didn't get to two and a half hours but we do we are at two hours so um <laughs> good job there uh we did yeah. it congrats we did make it. it make a podcast uh you the know last, like, of, 45 of, minutes were questions plenty of stuff <laughs> for you to listen on the way to Pullman um uh, yeah, if you uh, want to follow, you know, uh, please, if you listen to this, especially if you listen to two hours, go ahead and rate us five stars and leave a comment. And I mean, dear uh, God, t- if you
0: made it this far, you must like us.
1: Yeah. And tell your friends about this cool Koog podcast that you like. And they say fuck and it's funny. And like they 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 have the explicit on there. And then you also get to listen to a professionally done one hour radio style broadcast from with a man with a much nicer sounding voice in Michael Preston on top of, uh, this like weird one where it's two buddies talking and swearing and drinking beer. Um, so, uh, a nice variety of stuff for your ears and generally about two to three hours of content a week. Go ahead and tell your friends. Who are yeah. mad that mad that the Seattle media doesn't cover WSU enough? Well, you have plenty of coverage right here. Um indeed. So yeah, and then if you want to follow me on Twitter at the Craig Powers, at Craig W powers on Instagram, Jeff is at pod versus everyone on Twitter. Email. If you want to send us questions, I haven't got an email allow, guys. Come on, send me an email at podcast vs everyone at gmail.com. And with that, Jeff, I say. Go kooks. Go kooks,
0: Craig. Black Lives Matter.
1: Black Lives Matter.
0: Get fucking vaccinated.
1: Gotta do it.